It's Divas That Care Radio. Stories, strategies, and ideas to inspire positive change. Welcome to Divas That Care, a network of women committed to making our world a better place for everyone. This is a global movement for women, by women, engaged in a collaborative effort to create a better world for future generations. To find out more about the movement, visit divasthatcare.com after the show. Right now, though, stay tuned for another jolt of inspiration. Good evening, kids. Hi. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you for accepting the invitation. I am honored. Oh, my goodness. You were the first um, well, you know, I mean, you know, but young person, you know, to be interviewed, and I'm looking forward. Already, your bio is very interesting. Uh, well, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, well, um, my name is Kate Gondry. I am a filmmaker and also a student. Um, I attend Emerson College and. Um, I think uh, I'm a Mali American, and I grew up in in Wichita, Kansas. But I also have um, a lot of experience uh, abroad, um, mm-hmm. and so there's a little bit of a mix of cultures within me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, this is so enriching. I'm grateful to give us that care. A program that's focusing on women. I call it a program for women, by women, through women, global. I'm at home, really, with this. It's wonderful. And uh, yeah. I'm grateful to the founder and uh, all my sisters all over the world who are, are making sure that this is very successful. So, welcome. Well, reading your bio, I can see that you are action-oriented, solution-oriented. You want to see clearly, uh, quickly impact others. Oh, my goodness, so much. And I'm saying, this is a young person here. You want to impact others. In what way do you want to impact others? Yeah, so um, as I said, I'm a filmmaker, but um, I guess overall I would like to see how I can use my passion um, to create action because I do believe that there is um, power in art and with whatever medium that you choose to use. I know we've spoken before and you said that writing to you, your pen is the weapon. Um, And I think for me, the camera would be just so – and. I think I'm more concerned on what can I do um, within my work that, you know, um, can talk about um, and bring awareness to um, people that are unheard, but also just um, Mm. create work that kind of explores my own journey, which is one that is very complex. And I am grateful that, um, as I said, I grew up in the Midwest and, um, my family is from Malawi, Amer- Malawi um, and so I had this uh, complete 
a multicultural experience growing up because um, I am, you know, a black woman, but I'm also Malawian, um, but I'm also mm-hmm. American. And so it, it, there's a lot of, uh, I think, throughout my life, I was always put in um, this gray area. And mm-hmm. it's really encouraging to see that there are tons of artists now who, not tons, but there are more artists now who are able to speak on this because I relate to a lot of them, um, which is something I didn't think I had when I was younger. Um, but I think we're all, especially because of globalization, we're all becoming more aware of uh, the complex identity and like what that even yes. means and what's within it. Um, and the immigrant story um, and like the first generation kid, like what is that all about? And so for me, using my work to talk on that, but also uh, because I, you know, had that experience, I'm able to hopefully make work that speaks on a lot of other things, um, issues yeah. that might not necessarily um, impact me, but maybe something that I've seen. And so um, just talking about that, but then also, what can I do as an individual to make sure that every step in my career is used to not just uplift myself, but everyone around me and others um, for a positive uh, future. And so thinking of um, more ways to implement long lasting change. um, Mm -hmm. And some of that change is obviously the change that we're most of us have been talking about because of the current climate of the, of the world in, in America. Um, yes. And so, yeah. Hmm. That's exciting. You know, uh, this summer sociologist, uh, W.E.B. Du Bois, uh, talked about double consciousness. On one hand, you're black. On the other hand, you are American. But yes. uh, it's more complex than that. Then you can add on the woman, and you can add on the age, and you can add on the immigrant status, and you can add, uh, you know, be first generation, you know, American. Uh, this can cause, uh, imbal- you know, kind of a dizzying effect where you feel kind of, you know, like, Falling maybe, but it's also, it also creates leadership because when you have all these identities around you, uh, that is a tremendous leadership. You will uh, stand with this group here and really understand them so well. You are such a global citizen. Uh, it's hard to be, you know, put in one corner there. Because you do identify yeah. with so many. Isn't that wonderful? It's exciting. Yeah. So you can be a bridge. Yeah. A bridge. <laughs> so I truly appreciate that, the fact that you are aware of that, even at your age, and uh, you are future-oriented. Uh, even you are seeing this, uh, you know, uh, pandemic that came and shocked all of us. You know, we had plans. I'm sure you had plans, and now we are here. But you are seeing it as a new beginning, which I like. You know, there is a future, there is a new beginning. And then you're talking about over an artist, then you're talking about uh, true wisdom, enlightenment. What does that power of an artist mean to you? What I makes the artist powerful? Yeah. Well, I think 
the most powerful thing is uh, we're able to expose a lot of the reality of life. And so that mm. I think for me, I think when I look at a work, there's a lot of like nonsense work that's out there, right? There's, there's stuff that doesn't actually implement thought or critical analysis. And, and that's, it's hard because I think you can debate if that's art or not. Um, and I mm-hmm. think true art is the art that is implements the, that action, um, that ability to see the reality um, mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and thoroughly, um, I think, transform it into uh, their mm-hmm. own um, experience. And so mm-hmm. I think there are artists who are really great at it you know, telling their own stories, but then there are artists who can completely look at another, um, another, uh, I would say, like culture or or um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. world or, or whatever it is, and they're able to, um, you know, thoroughly critically anal- analyze that culture and and uh, bring their own. Um, culture into it and um, mm-hmm. that's something that I think for myself I'm really interested in because I have this American side to me but I also have this Malawian side to me and I yes. think for me that power of art is connecting those two worlds together so someone yes. who has never experienced um, you know what it's like to be in Africa or, or someone who's never experienced mm-hmm. uh, being around you know um, a, a culture that I've, I, uh, I am a part of, they can at least watch my work and have some sort of idea yes. of what it is. But also, what is, it's our job as an artist to really uh, be critical and, and really um, make sure that we're making art that does implement true, especially when we're working with subject matter that is so... Um, I think there's so much power in art because it, it does... Um, control a lot of society. I mean, mm-hmm. the fact that you have literature that has been banned because of the actual action that it's implemented in, in our society just is telling to what art does. And that's not just in literature, that's in film, that's in mm-hmm. um, so many different mediums of art. And mm-hmm. it's like, there is so mm-hmm. much power because it's, it's the human, um, the human mind t- t- through art and, and there's mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. that connection a human can have mm-hmm. with a piece of art in any medium is can really um, there's action in that. And I think the action within that art is the most powerful um, thing. Yes. And that's why, you know, there are a lot of, yes. yeah. And you put it so well. And, and you know how connected we are, you know, you are a young person and here I am, but through the story, as uh, you know, I'm a storyteller, poet, drama, you find that connection with whoever. Um, as you said, you go to Africa in a village there, and uh, you capture a story somewhere. Maybe you know people going farming or doing whatever. You know, someone here in the Midwest, someone in Canada, wherever they can identify. You know, with those human activities. You know, even around. Yeah. You know. I have a poem called, I have a language. I can speak. 
If only you let me share with you my language. And yes. language can just be words, but also experience. And then that connects us as human beings, a common humanity that uh, the Africans call Ubuntu. Actually, the, the academy I, I've shared with you, the peace academy that I'm setting up, is about that, Ubuntu, our common heritage as human beings. We can come together. We don't need to be invited over trivial things. So that's what you're doing. You know, people can see themselves in that grandmother or whoever that child is somewhere in Asia, in Africa, and, um, uh, you know, and they all have solutions to our problems. Isn't that something? So more <laughs> power to you as uh, you continue with your work. And um, even food can connect us. My goodness. Many times I talk about hot dogs and hash puppies that people love. But, <laughs> you know, taking it literally. Oh, my, we are one. We are connected. And uh, thank you for your work. Continue on. Change the world. So, um, something else you wanted me to ask you about was the academic life. Uh, what it means to do college university students, and here I'm learning from you, because I'm on the other side, um, <laughs> the professor said but let me hear what that is like. Yeah, so any comments on that, that experience? Yeah, yeah, I, I think, and I, in this entire interview, I'm only speaking for myself, um, but I think for me, when I went to college, it was to, you know, learn more about myself and explore. And it was a lot about I, I, I. It was never about, it was very much a selfish act. And I think most college students, um, you know, it's our time to be selfish and, and really just like kind of focus on ourselves. But I think there's something uh, harmful in that because for me, it wasn't until I think, um, I had to, you know, I was in the East Coast and I had to go back home because COVID hit. And, and that time since then, I think it's been like four months now, um, mm-hmm. being home, it has really helped me um, to really not be selfish and really wake up mm-hmm. um, because I think there's so many of us, especially if you're living in, you know, the Western world, it's like we have so many privileges and we um, mm-hmm. the more privileges that you have, depending on, you know, your social economic status or whatever it be, the, mm-hmm. you know, the easier it is to forget, to stay comfortable, to not want to think about all of the issues that are happening in the world. And we're finally at a time where it's impacting everyone. And so we all had to wake up. And, and for me, I, I mm-hmm. it, it was, mm-hmm. it has been beneficial in that. And I, um, despite all of the loss and pain that has occurred in this world, I think um, the most beneficial thing to come out of this is that awakening of people. And mm. we all seem to be wake, awake. And I think we should not, you know, waste our energy on short-term solutions. We should think of long-term solutions. We should start thinking about living our lives, not just in service to our own, but in service to others and not mm. looking at um, – I would say uh, not looking to gain anything in return, but just to give. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I think for, for so long, I think 
even like the idea, because I, I mean, I'm a film major at my school, and I think the idea of like what Hollywood is, even is like the so, um, it, it's just changed for me, and I, and I don't want to participate in it. I would rather much function in mm. a way that I can reach, um, mm. and it, I can I can be in a space that is cultivating a community that strives off of community and strives off of in service to each other. Um, I'm not, I'm not much concerned in competition, although I know that is what life is, Mm -hmm. the current life that we're living. Um, And so I think it is important to understand that. But I think if we as humans and as citizens, we can start looking at each other um, and seeing how can you use, and know, understanding like why it is that we're different and what struggles mm-hmm. that might be systemic, that might be whatever it is um, mm. that make us different. And what can I do as an active mm. citizen um, work mm. on to not only live in service to, you know, my own passions, but also to you. Um, and I think life will be more meaningful because I mean, being home, it's kind of like, what is the meaning of life? Like, what am I? What am I doing? What is my purpose? It's like a lot of. I'm asking myself a lot of these questions um, because you know we're in a time where I think we should we should be asking these things because mm. you know so much has been lost and so we are the fortunate ones and we should not live our life mm. um, without purpose. I don't think. I think if anything, mm. we should be questioning. Um, so I think for college students, um, for myself, um, I think a lot of us are questioning the college system because, I mean, for me, I'm a middle class, I'm fortunate enough to be in a middle class family, but still going to the college that I went to, a private college, um, mm-hmm. and taking out loans for it, you know, and going to one of, you know, the top liberal arts schools for my specific major, um, what does that mean? Well, that means I'm in, you know, company mm-hmm. with some of the richest people um, in the States. And so what, what, what does that mean in terms of um, the education value in relation to maybe a film major that, that mm-hmm. at, a, at a state level and, and why is that? And so kind of like mm-hmm. questioning a lot of things that have been in place and we've just been so complicit to, um, hmm. is something that a lot of my college friends we've been debating and discussing um, and free thinking because, you know, I mean, I don't think it's been, it's a learning process for everyone and, and I'm just more interested in learning and listening and yeah. discussing my own knowledge but also being okay with uh, changing my, my ideas if, if I find new ways. Um, yes. But I think for college students it's, it's, it's that but then again, debating whether what is the purpose of college and, and what, for me, I'm going there to be a filmmaker. I've, I'm, I'm so grateful that I attend a school that um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I have teachers and professors who um, are looking at filmmaking the way that I want to. And so mm-hmm. I, I, I really do see the benefit in, in academia and I think there is power to it, but it's like, who is it benefiting and, what can we do to make it more accessible 
Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because I think, you know, with COVID and everything, there's going to be a lot of students who can't go back to school. And so it's very mm-hmm. frustrating as a student to see all of this and not be able to have the power to fix it. That is excellent. You know, the preacher in me is saying, Amen. (laughs) (laughs) To those who much is given, much is expected. Yes. Yes. I know that you apologize for, you know, um, privileges. You know, for example, I consider myself privileged because I come from, you know, a family of teachers, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, there were many, many, many students that I grew up with who could it because they didn't have what I had. So coming here, you know, I have to sew. Yeah, we have to sew in there. Use what we have, what we've been given, uh, you know. Uh, and even some of the unfortunate circumstances, I think you know that, uh, you know, I lost, my grandmother lost her entire family in battle, and therefore I don't have that typical extended family system, and, you know, and all that, you know, uh, but at the same time from her struggles and how she overcame, I can teach and share that we're here, <laughs> here. That is yeah. wonderful. Now, of course, I can't live without asking you this question. Um, how about the issues of gender? Do you think time has come for women to take leadership you know, positions? And in what way? Do you see any struggle in there or not? Or maybe women have arrived, you know? Yeah, what do you think about that? Um. If you want to look at the facts, I think there's still a clear uh, need for women's issues to be discussed because, I mean, although there has been much progression, there's still there's still time and, and need for progress. And I think if you look mm-hmm. at how the economy even benefits women's issues being a, an issue that gets discussed and gets solutions, um, mm-hmm. one can argue that it is necessary in, in, in a and I think for me, it's hard because I, I know the privilege I have being a woman in the in you know, the U.S. versus mm. being a woman in a in a different nation or part of the world where it is a lot more difficult. And mm-hmm. so, what does that mean? Um, I don't know. I, I'm still figuring it out. I, I think for yeah. me, it's like with the privilege that I do have, um, and still acknowledging the one the you know, the um privileges that I do lack because there is intersectionality within what it means to be a woman because being a woman also there are many different kinds of women and I think mm-hmm. you know I can only speak on myself as a black woman that mm-hmm. changes um, versus a white woman and so for me you know what are the issues that we face as women as a whole is extremely important to be discussed but for the majority of time in, in mm. the U.S issues and topics on um, women's rights, which are a human right issue, has only been discussed mm. for white women. And so for me, you know, mm. as a black woman, I think it's now our time to also be brought onto the uh, table of discussion. And I think that is mm-hmm. very 
something I'm very interested in talking about, obviously, but, uh, but I also yes. see benefit. In it. And I think there is something really encouraging to see that there are more black women being able to, you know, go to um, higher education, but also what, yes. what, what are the issues when we are in um, white collar or blue collar jobs? What are, what are the mm-hmm. issues that we face at that level? But also, you know, and, and I'm only speaking in the States. Um, yes, okay. So for me, I think um, obviously there are many issues that we can discuss um, mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. these issues. And, and um, yes. I don't think that we should, and I know it's hard because you, mm-hmm. there, it just seems to be that for so long we've, mm-hmm. we've become mm-hmm. so used to make human rights issues political when they're just human rights issues. And yes. so it's hard to talk on these issues as well because it's like very, yes. Um, yes. it becomes complicated. <laughs> but I think, yes. I don't know, for me, as a woman, it's like, well, what do I want to do? I mean, I'm, I'm entering an industry that <laughs> statistically, I mean, not, more than 90% of the industry is not run by women. So yes. what does that mean for me? I, I am going to face a lot of yes. Um, yes. battles, but, but I do, but I do have women around me who are in the yes. industry that are fighting and, and are warriors and are, you know, I'm amazed by their, presence, but I also see their worth, and I want their worth to be met with the capital um, that they should be just as given, just as much as the men that are in these positions. So, you know, yes. when we talk about these issues, it's like we are still in a structure um, mm. where we do need to talk about capital. So when we talk about these issues and we talk about women's issues, we should also be talking about the economic issues that are being faced with, with mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as the human rights issues, because they all connect and correlate. Yes. Um, but I would yes. love to know more about uh, globally on on the on the issues that women face globally. And I think it's yes. hard because if the if in your own backyard there are issues, it's hard to look at another person. But I think it's important because yes. in order for ours to be fixed, we also need to fix everywhere else. So yes. For me, it's just being young, just further learning and progressing. Mm-hmm. And I'm just grateful that um, I have women around me of all ages and all races and um, yes. from different backgrounds where I can really just, you know, listen to them. And, and, and that's how I think for myself, mm-hmm. my thought process on what feminism, what womanism is, mm-hmm. helps me yeah. progress. And, yeah. and, and I think it's constantly going to change as time evolves. And some people are going yeah. to be more, I think, uh, accepting of it, and others are going to be held back because we are yeah. the comfort yeah. that comes with it. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. It's complex, as you said, but being aware, you know, and at your age and, and being willing to learn, uh, of course, there are you know issues that connect us all. You know, whenever you find yourself uh, on the globe, there is the issue of patriarchy, the man rules that goes through all the institutions, whether it's education, religion, you name it, you name it, the economy, yeah. and transcends even race. You know, transcends even the culture or nation where you are. For example, there is uh, this. Um, uh, concept of uh, relative vis-a-vis absolute deprivation. So you'll go to some cultures and find uh, women deprived of the basics 
oh my goodness, just the yeah. basics, you know, and because of the patriarchy, you know, in some societies, you know, a young man can be sent to school, but I mean, things are changing, but a young woman go and get married and young, and sometimes you know, there is a lot of abuse, but absolute, absolute uh, lacking health care. But then in even in in um, affluent societies, you know, women may be doing very well, but suffering from relative deprivation. For example, in America, you are told, hey, we are equal and we can go for whatever we want, but a woman will meet the glass ceiling somewhere, you know, when she has all the qualifications and everything else, and she's told, you cannot pass this. So, so that also is not okay, you know, psychologically, emotional, and everything else. Why, 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 why? I have what this one takes. So it is complex, and the more we can dialogue and share our stories, the more we find the connections, the more we will find the solutions coming from everywhere. You know, even that other woman there who may be lacking the basics, you know, no car, no health care, nothing, has some solution, and we need to hear mm-hmm. them. And so does the other woman who is maybe in Congress or, you know, whatever. Yeah, and that's what is lacking, and that's why we appreciate divas that care, at least starting the conversation, and uh, we are liberating everyone, setting everyone free. You know, yeah, men um, yeah. won't be left out when a woman, you know, <laughs> takes charge. The man should feel okay because our goals are different. The children should be okay. And all that indeed needs to be taught and shared. Yes, indeed. Appreciate, appreciate this time together. You have a very, mm-hmm. very bright future. Is there anything else you'd like to share uh, yeah. that I may have I think, left out? I think um, it's a subject that we could talk about because uh, you raised your, a family in the U.S., but um, you know, so your kids are first generation, and, and I think for me it's a subject that kind of gets left behind, especially right now when we a lot of people are you know, everyone's talking about race relations in the U.S. and what that means. And I think Mm. for me, it opened up a lot of, I think, internal racism that I had that was because of, I grew up in a completely white um, uh, majority neighborhood and and, and, uh, town. Um, Mm. And then also going to the private school that I went to, um, Mm -hmm. that was also completely majority white and, and mm. also the social economic backgrounds of most of those individuals tended to be um, upper class. And so for me, mm-hmm. when we talk about race, it's very complex because mm-hmm. I also um, understand that there are many, and I think people, what doesn't get talked a lot in the media is that there are many different um, identities of blackness. Black is monolithic. There is not mm-hmm, just one mm-hmm, black. Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. for me, my black experience is different than um, maybe a friend that I have who's an African-American and, fa- and, and family mm-hmm. um, 
has ties to the U.S. longer than mine. And so mm-hmm. for me, what does that mean in my um, position mm-hmm. with all of this is different. And, and, it is. and it's interesting because it's not talked about a lot about. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's something mm-hmm. that should be discussed more because, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm able to see it in a different light. Um, and I think it's opened a lot of um, – Oh wow! I now understand why um, mm-hmm. certain things work are the way that they are. And for me, I have the privilege of you know this white assimilation because mm-hmm. when you're an immigrant, you your parents are told. I mean, it's it's a sad truth, but oh, I think a lot of African kids are told to act a certain way and be a certain way, and we focus mm-hmm. on education and it's all of these things trying mm-hmm. to be like. Uh, I don't know. I've heard, I've seen this term, the good black um, go around. And it's like this whole notion that, you know, we looking and acting a certain way and being grateful and all of these things. um, And, and we're able to be in the spaces that, you know, someone else Mm. cannot be in. And what, what does that mean and why? um, Mm -hmm. And, and sort of breaking that down to the core. um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that has been interesting for me because I've Mm -hmm. realized, um, a lot of um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. toxic, I think, notions that go around our own African community that should be discussed and raised um, in mm-hmm. terms of, uh, you know, our relationship to race in America and how we get play, how it plays mm-hmm. out in our community. Um, yes. Hmm. And, Very good yeah. point. You know, uh, my firstborn daughter, uh, Juliet, who lives in Atlanta, uh, you know, she and um, her younger sister were born in Uganda before I came here. So mm-hmm, they came mm-hmm. here when they were seven and nine, okay? Yeah. And then in America, I had three more, okay? So I called them the Ugandan brand and the American brand, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course, now they have <laughs> kind of uh, come closer, but still, you know? So, Juliet, yeah. the firstborn, pointed out something recently which she hadn't voiced before. She said, you know, we who were born there, even when we grew up here, you know, she came here when she was nine, you know, really, you know, uh, speaks, you know, I mean, she's just an American, you know, grew up in Iowa, went to Oxford College in Iowa and all that and all that, you know, KU here and all. But she said, you know, we 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 the two of us have different experiences, you know, and are yes. treated differently, different from the ones that were born here. So I thought that was very very fascinating. And she said the strengths that we have, for example, she has this international business, you know, um, weaving and sewing and whatever else, making beads, things she learned from the village in Africa, from her grandmother, you know, my mother. Uh, but also, because she wasn't born here, uh, she, you know, she thought the younger ones who are born here have certain advantages. And we uh, used to be seen differently. Now, of course, they have caught up. But I thought that was so interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. And of course, uh, you know, when they, you know, those ones came in, we didn't have much, you know, immigrants, you know, 
when the ones who were born here were born, we were a little bit more comfortable, you know, speaking of material comfort, you know. They got cars earlier and all that, and all that, all that. But these are good that they came. However, I said, hmm, we need to discuss more of that because I did know that that was an issue. <laughs> Yeah, and it is an issue even with boyfriends and whatever. Of course, now she has two children and all. I mean, but yeah, you know, yeah, interesting. Isn't that yeah. so wonderful to know? Yeah, 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 yeah. For, oh, for my me, goodness. Yeah. And of course, we could talk about language and accents and everything and everything and everything, yes. you know. So it's more complex than uh, just you know rest and uh, you know on the surface. And but the conversation is what starts, you know, opening up the dialogue. Then we can share and uh, change this world for the better. I yes. truly appreciate you and uh, thanks again to give us that care for providing us this opportunity. You are such a bright, bright young lady. As I said, Thank you're you. welcome anytime to my class. Come and give that <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Yes, yes, There's one yes, last yes. thing I think yes. I would like to highly encourage anyone that's listening um, with whatever it is, uh, occupation or passion that you have, um, use it to not only in service to yourself, but for others, and think of long-term change, because I've been seeing a lot of short-term change, and which, mm-hmm. you know, it, it doesn't really contribute to a lasting mm-hmm. action and, and, and um, solution. So we need to be thinking yeah. about all the problems that we, we face, but we need to be thinking mm-hmm. about the solutions that aren't just temporary. We need to be thinking about solutions that can make sure mm-hmm. that, you know, a hundred years from now, that, that mm-hmm. problem is no longer a problem. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's hard, and it mm-hmm. takes a lot of work, and it takes a lot of discomfort. So I highly encourage anyone to do that and implement. And I hope that um, as I go on and hopefully continue trying to do that, that I don't lose hope. And, and I'm inspired by individuals such as yourself who have lived their life like that. And mm-hmm. so it's wonderful to see mm-hmm. on this level, and it's also wonderful to see in, in the film industry that I've been a part of. Oh, that's wonderful. That is wonderful. That is wonderful. I will bake you some more banana bread, okay? <laughs> I will bring you your own loaf, okay? Thank you. Not just a piece, but your own loaf. Remember, I just learned to bake banana bread. I'm so proud of myself. And so, hey, your banana bread is on the way, my dear. And thank you for all the lessons that you have given me, you know. Thank you. I wish I could. I had more thorough points, but thank you for having me. Oh, thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Have a good evening. Thanks for listening. This show was brought to you by Divas That Care. Connect with us on Facebook, on Instagram, and of course on divasthatcare.com where you can subscribe to our newsletter so you don't miss a thing.